Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. It's uh, great to be here today, and uh, let's just, uh, can I get you to stand up on your feet? We're going to just pray, and uh, we are going to... um, Yeah, just invite the Holy Spirit just to speak into our hearts and our lives this morning. How many know that we're all doing life together? We're coming with all of our different experiences, our different thoughts, our different interpretations. And here we come into this one moment of we're in one room together and uh, we look to one, one person alone and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as we look to him... We, uh, we pull all of those experiences and all of those thoughts and we interpret them the way he interprets them. Amen? And that's what the Word does. The Word brings uh, a proper perspective to our perceived thoughts, our perceptions. Amen? Are we ready? So, Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now, we just invite you uh, that, uh, that your presence would be just so evident and so real and uh, Holy Spirit, would you speak into our hearts that we might hear the words that you speak, that I might be able to uh, communicate them well, and uh, Lord, that they would um, permeate and help us as we live life together, Lord, in Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. Amen. High five somebody, grab a seat. We are going to uh, get into it. Last week, um, I spoke about briefly about uh, you know my own personal struggle with surrender and it's uh, we started to talk about um, some of the uh, definitions around surrender and we started to talk about some of the things that surrender means uh, and um, and I just want to just pick up on that again um, <clears throat> welcome to the Wyatt Saturday so I'm going to share you a little bit in relation to uh, Saturdays in the Wyatt's house. Um, and it may be a little bit similar to yours. It might be completely different. Saturdays for a lot of families is either kids running off to, you know, running, not kids running off to, well, your kids may be running off as well, but um, kids are being run off to sports or piano lessons or music lessons or some sort of program here or there. Uh, and parents, what, what, what would a parent love to do on a Saturday morning but have a silly pin? That's right. More, oh, sorry, what was that? More programs to... Oh, lawnmower. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you walk out into any neighbourhood, generally of a Saturday, you can always hear that distant burble or that distant hum of a lawnmower, right? And some person is pushing that lawnmower around going, I can't keep up with the rate of growth at the moment and, uh, and my lawn desperately needs doing. Well, Saturdays in the Wyatt household are, are, are a mixture of all of those things. 
But what happens is in everybody's mind is their wish, to, wish list. They're, 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 it's not even, much, not even their to-do list. It's, it's what I would like to do today. Has, has anybody had a what I would like to do list? Right? You know, like go on a cruise, take a holiday. It's that I would like to do list. It's not a to-do list. It's a I would like to do list. Well, for me on a Saturday morning, it's a, I would like to. Well, I would like nothing more than to sit on the couch and watch a good movie, right? I'd like to do that. Or I would like nothing more than to have the garden, poof, all done like that. You know, just, just go out, oh, look at that. It's all done. Excellent. Or, I, I mean, I enjoy doing it. There's no, no question. But, you know, you just, you, you, you prefer seeing it done as opposed to seeing it not done. Does that make sense? The I would like to do list. Name out some I would like to do list items on your list. Brunch. brunch. Yeah, brunch on a Saturday morning. Fantastic. Nothing. nothing. Okay. The problem is with doing nothing is that you never know when you're finished. That's the thing. Like, oh, okay, I've finished that task. Uh, another li- another I, would, I would like to do list. Read. Read. Fantastic. Very astute there, uh, Pastor Julie. Read, obviously reading the word. Of, yes, of course. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, there's the I would like to do list all the time. Well, <clears throat> my list continues to grow. And I, st- I gave my list and somebody called out last week, that's a month of Saturdays. That's not just one Saturday. And, uh, and my, 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 my to-do list and my I would like to-do list is, is starting to merge, right? And so, you know, so um, you know, Saturday morning, yesterday uh, in the White household, Anna was busy planning end-of-year things. I, I was torn between, oh, I really should get out in the garden. Oh, look at that, it's raining. Uh, and, uh, and then the sunshine is out. Oh, no sooner... Had I made that decision, it was raining again, and uh, strike that off the I would like to do list. All right, that went from the to do list to the I would like to do list. Does that make sense? Um, and um, and uh, sometimes I struggle with the with within the daily grind of I surrender to you, Jesus. Anybody else? It's the it's the what does that look like. Shyla and I were having a bit of a conversation uh, during the week and, and uh, she'd heard a message um, that was really quite profound and, and uh, a, a message, I'm not talking about a message on the, you know, she'd heard a, a, a sermon that had been preached here and, and, and she had uh, heard it and, and then was, was left with the thought, how do I apply that today? Because so often we can read the word, we can read the Bible, we can hear messages uh, being, being preached and, and, and anointed messages, but what happens is it gets lost in the everyday grind. It gets lost in the, how do I apply it today? How does this change who I am? How, what effect does it have? How do I apply it into this state of affairs. How do I apply it here? Because how many know the word is great unless it's applied, right? Hello? And if we don't apply it, then how do we live in his kingdom? That's the truth of it. 
And you see, if we don't apply the word, well then, uh, how can we identify, be identified with Jesus? It's one thing to say yes to Jesus. It's another thing to uh, live a life of daily surrender. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want you to say something after me. Say, speak, act, pray. John Piper, who is a wonderful theologian and I highly recommend you uh, having a listen to some of his material. He says this about surrender. He says, um, the way in which you overcome uh, and instill a habit of surrender is to speak it out. And I'm going to come back to this. You ready? We're gonna, I'm going to start with this and then I'm going to finish with this. We're going to speak it out or we're going to act. We're going to act out as well. So uh, we're going to do as well as we are going to pray. So to continually pray about it, because how many know that the Holy Spirit partners with us in that he longs for us to be in that life of surrender? Last week, we talked about the fact that as part of surrender, you know, uh, the world or uh, in, our, in our human state, uh, humanism, I would say, um, says that it, by surrendering says that you give up everything. You lose everything. Whereas in the kingdom, surrender says you gain everything. Okay? And so how many know that we live in an upside-down kingdom? We're, 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 we're in the world, but we're not of it. Uh, the last shall be first. Jesus says all of these things, right? He, he says, eat my body, eat my flesh, and you'll have life. What? are you talking about? He knows, we know that he's not literally talking about that because if he died many hundreds of years ago, uh, over a thousand years ago, there wouldn't be much to eat that's left, right? Um, let's be real, right? How many know he's not literally saying that? He's saying, he's saying when you gather together and when you have communion, have that in faith, Amen. At that, we laugh about it, but at that moment, a lot of people turn their back on Jesus because they misinterpreted and, as I said before, did not apply the truth of the word. I'll tell you right now, we have missed opportunities, we have made mistakes, and we have not perhaps attained to the fullness of what God wants simply because we haven't known how to apply the word. And so... We need to uh, speak, we need to act, and we need to pray. Are you ready? So sometimes it's hard to differentiate what's surrender and what's us. You know, <laughs> so many times we think surrender is just like, well, I just, Holy Spirit, tell me what you want me to do today. <laughs> I want you to stay in bed. Amen. I agree with that. I want you to go to brunch. Yeah, amen. Brother, I hear you. I just had to put an American accent on that. I guess, um, you know, I want you to go on a holiday. Yes, yes, I agree with that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will uh, prompt you in those ways. But how many know he's given us free will? God has given us free will. And uh, in that aspect of free will, we get to choose him. We get to choose surrender. We get to serve him. We get to come to church. We get to live as family. We get to uh, uh, make choices in our life, living in response to the application of his word. And uh, 
in a daily walk with God, we can get into the trap of just living, of just going through the motions. You know, emotions are just a, a, an E away, right? <laughs> Often every day is filled with emotions and we can just get through the day of emotions or just go through the day of going through the motion as, this, as the word says. And day to day, what if, what if we change our perspective? You know, the Bible says consistently that we are to renew our mind, all right? And that's not our key scripture today. But renewing our mind applies it in this way, that we are to perhaps change our thought processes of something. If I could invite you right now, not to speak it out, but just think of an area of hurt in your life at the moment. Just, we're just going to go through a little activation right now. And, uh, and just think of a hurt in your life right now. I don't want you to dig too much into it, but, you know, generally speaking, you can think of something, you know, uh, pretty quickly. And, uh, and, and now uh, apply what God thinks about that hurt. Just take a moment right now uh, and invite Jesus into that thought, into that place and into that area of thought. Just invite him now. Say, Jesus, I invite you into that thought. Help me have, help me think what you think about that situation. Generally speaking, when it comes to hurt, the key is forgiveness. Generally speaking. And forgiveness sets you free. does not mean the other person gets away with it. Or there could be in a situation perhaps as well. So what does Jesus think about that? He says, yes, forgive. But don't let that hurt impact your day to day anymore. Now, that might be a daily activity for you. But I would suggest this, is that if you were to make that a daily activity and speak it out, say, Jesus, I forgive that person, or Jesus, I invite you into the situation. Sometimes a hurt might be a situation. It may not have been anybody's fault. Just a situation, right? Nobody's fault but you're carrying hurt from that. Just invite Jesus into that situation. Into that situation. Say, Jesus, I invite you in. Now show me what you want to show me. Notice how I'm not pre-prescribing what Jesus is going to do because it's up to him. It's about your relationship with him. It's not about how I am a catalyst for that. Hello? All right? It would be a... I would be a controlling leader if I was to say, well, Jesus is just wanting to sit down and have a burger with you or whatever it was, right? I'm saying it's between you and the Lord. Okay? Now, remember what John Piper says. He says, speak. And so we come to that place of hurt and we, say, and we, we speak. We speak it out because something happens when we speak it out. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
all right? And we speak it out. So we speak it out and we say, Jesus, I forgive that person. Or Jesus, I welcome you into that situation right now. And Jesus, I give you that hurt. Jesus, I forgive that person. Or Jesus, I, I, I let go of that. Help me walk in that today. It's interesting that in the Lord's Prayer, which is an example prayer for us, he says, give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. The bread is often the word. It is talking about sustenance and food, but it's like the bread of life being him. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We have to understand that by harbouring hurt or harbouring unforgiveness is where we are not forgiving those who trespass against us. The truth of the word is this. If we can't let go of hurt for them then it impugns us. In other words, it comes against us. It keeps us trapped, all right? So often we, we, the, the humanist view would say, if I forgive that person, that means there's no justice. They get away with that. This is not in my notes. I just feel that the, the Holy Spirit is just, we're just ministering to somebody right now, whether online or in the room. I don't care, but I'm going to go with it, that, that, that it unforgiveness holds us and Pastor Julie taught on it beautifully several weeks ago but we have to understand that the humanist view says that person I get no justice if I forgive them that is not the case in the kingdom okay Uh, in the kingdom you set yourself free and the Lord says leave them to me I've got scripture coming up with that in a minute so surrender is this moment of constant surrender. But do you know what happens? If you surrender, you get set free. If you surrender in that daily act, sorry, speak, act, pray. We speak it out. Lord, I surrender. I surrender this situation to you. Lord, I surrender this moment to you. Lord, I surrender my time to you. Lord, I surrender my resources to you. Lord, I surrender these... The, you know, I don't know, these strong emotions to you. Lord, I surrender. It's even this moment of if there's sin in our life. Lord, I surrender this sin to you. I don't want it anymore, right? And so he, he takes that and he's faithful to do that, amen? So uh, surrender is getting out of the trap of just going through the motions every single day, the day to day. So what if we lived in a renewed mind that today is a gift, it's been given to you. Today is a gift. I look around the room today and, and I know that there's several people that, if, that can sit there and say, if it wasn't for the Lord, I would not be sitting here today. Hello? Right? How quickly after that event or after that situation, how quickly do we slip into... Oh, it's just another day. Huh? I know I can. How quickly I've slipped into just another day, right? Like, I mean, we go back into our, our old habits is what I'm talking about. We go back into our old things. Whereas every day is a gift. What if we approached every single day, every single moment as a gift? I had a gift moment last night where, where there was a gentleman who was passed out in a bus stop that I 
drove past and <clears throat> he was not in a good way and we were able to help him and, and, uh, and um, uh, you know, we, an ambulance was called and all sorts of things. But, but, but there was this moment of where I could have assumed that, ah, oh, he's, just, he's just in a situation. He'll be right. Somebody else will help him. But no, there was this moment of no. If not me, who? Right? And there's this moment of if, if, if not today, when? Today is a gift. This moment right now is a gift. I may never get this moment again. I may never get a moment to stand here and say these words to you. This moment is a gift. It is so precious. To surrender recognises the moment. Surrender recognises the moment of, I am renewed in Christ who strengthens me. What if we treated everyone as a gift? Even the people you don't like. What if we treated our family as a gift? Our family often see the ugliest side of us, right? Am I right? What if we, I know that, you know, I know that happens from time to time. We have moments, right? And it's not generally the thing. But what if we treated our family as a gift? See, surrender positions you in a place of thanksgiving. I am thankful, Jesus, for who I have in my life and who you're making me to be today. I thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you are a gift. Hey, how about say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are a gift to me. You see, when we do that, then Thanksgiving positions you in a place of miracles. You position yourself for the miraculous then. You're believing for a miracle. Let me tell you, if you're not believing for a miracle, I would encourage you to go start looking for one, either for you or for somebody else, because there are miracles waiting to happen all around you. You may be the catalyst for it. Amen? So, we talked about Matthew chapter 13, and I'm, I'm not going to go through it, but there's several passages in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13 that said the kingdom is like, and then there was a parable or a description afterwards. The kingdom is like. And, but I just want to highlight to you verse 53 of Matthew chapter 13. And it says this, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. They were astonished. Everybody say astonished, right? And said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? You see, you have to understand, they were wowed. Wowee, right? Like they, they were wowed, right? They were astonished. Where did he get all these, this wisdom and it says these mighty works. So he, Jesus did some pretty significant things to astonish them. He said some pretty amazing things to blow them away. Are you ready? Verse 55. 
hang on a second, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the mother? Is his mother not called Mary and his brother James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, aren't they? They don't even get a mention. Uh, uh, Aren't they all not here with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And so they were offended at him. Um, What happens is... um, when we don't live a life of surrender, we start to creep into familiarity. And we are all creatures of habit. Hello? Aren't we? Like, just look at the seat you're sitting in today. Come on. I would encourage you. Move seats. That's it. One seat over. Good one. <laughs> We're all creatures of habit. You're all sitting in the same seat. (laughs) Now, I understand, you know, the sound might be better there or the heating or the cooling might be better there or, you know, you might look better in that shade of lighting. Whatever it might be, right, whatever it might be, we are all creatures of habit. And see, what happens is because we are creatures of habit, familiarity starts to creep in and creep in and creep in until we stop treating that day as a gift until we stop treating people as a gift. And here Jesus comes into his own hometown where he grew up, where his family lives, and he was only able to do a few mighty works because the teachers and the scribes were offended at him. And then he goes on to say, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is with, not without honour except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many, many mighty works there because of what? The Bible says, because of their unbelief. Let me tell you right now, if you live a life of surrender, you never ever allow unbelief to crawl in. Unbelief is a slowly, it's a cancerous tumour that eats away at a Christian's life. Unbelief. Jesus, even Jesus himself, in his own hometown could only do a few things because of the people's unbelief. Let me tell you right now, every single day start with belief. You remember? Remember? Speak, act, pray. You remember? Speak, speak it out. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the son of God and I believe that this day is a brand new day. Yesterday is dead and buried. Nothing I can do about it. I threw a tanty over there or I got upset about that or I, I was hurt over that, but I, I forgive them for it. Jesus, forgive me for doing that. And I thank you that today is a brand spanking new day. The Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. That means his grace is abundant. That sunshine comes up, you scratch your eyes, you skid out of bed and it might be quickly, it might be slowly. You might bounce or you might crawl out of bed. It doesn't matter. You're out of bed and today is a brand spanking new day of Thanksgiving. It's a brand new day of opportunity. It's a brand new day of encountering Jesus in the consciousness of your mind. What a magnificent, miraculous day. Familiarity sows seeds of unbelief. Unbelief kills kingdom expression. Familiarity kills surrender. If there is no surrender, there is no kingdom. Open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12. 
How are we going? We're all right? Man, we've got so much time left. I'm so excited. Remember, speak, act. Right, fantastic. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12. It says this. It says this. So this is, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. Um, this is in the second letter that he wrote. And, uh, and he's, he's trying to address a few things uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as a father. But, you know, things, are going, things were going reasonably well with the church. And what happened was familiarity started to... It's such a word to say. I just like saying it. Familiarity, right? Um, my father would never be able to pronounce that. But anyway, um, uh, familiarity, I just wanted to say it again. Just say it back to me. Yeah, you can almost got it. It almost sounded Italian. That was great. And so, um, so, so, uh, so he's he's addressing a few things of where the Corinthian church is like the, the, the things have started to cook along pretty well. They're pretty comfy. They're sitting in the same seats every week. You know, they're coming. You know, it's all good. And he says this in verse 12, for we do not commend ourselves again to you. So in other words, he goes, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, build myself up to, to, to give myself permission to speak into your life. That's what he's saying. For we do not commend ourselves, ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. What's starting to happen here? They're starting to boast in themselves, right? But they're boasting more about themselves than about what God's doing, right? Who boast in appearance and not in the heart. So in other words, they're just it's just lip service. It's actually not going on in here. We know that the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is an absolute truth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But what's happening here is people are giving lip service. You know, my father-in-law would always say, Matthew, talk is cheap. Right? How many know talk is cheap? Just ring a phone company <laughs> or a utility company often, right? You know, yeah, we'll fix that for you. And then you, three weeks later, you're still waiting, right? But like, like talk is cheap. And yet as Christians, our talk is not cheap because we understand the principle that power and life and death is in the tongue. We understand the principle that our word is our bond. Amen? Ooh, okay. So verse 13, for we are not beside us, for sorry, for if we are beside ourselves, verse 13, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. In other words, we're not crazy. We're seeing you for absolute full worth, right? Verse 14, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. In other words, Jesus died. He, he, he's the second Adam. So there's the first Adam, uh, Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world. And at that moment, when sin entered the world, Adam and Eve died. They died spiritually. They were separated from God. All right. And so if one sinned, then all sinned. If one died, then all died. But at the same time, if one was raised, being Jesus, then all have been raised in him. And so verse 15, and he died for all, 
that those who live should no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Friends, this tells me that surrender is crucial. This tells me that surrender is crucial for my life of eternity with Christ. Jesus' hometown were offended in their mind because they couldn't get over the thought, here's this little boy teaching us. Because they saw Jesus as the little boy, the little carpenter's son. They were offended up here. Why? Because when I say there's too much going on up here, their mind is ruling their heart. Their mind is ruling the voice of God that speaks within them. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. We have to understand, we, what does that mean? We regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, we see people more than just their appearance. More than just their behaviour. Friends, when I looked at that, when I looked at that older man at the bus stop, I was, I was confronted. And please, I'm, I actually feel uncomfortable about talking about it because I don't, I don't want to talk about it from something I'm, I'm great. You understand? I'm boasting in what the Lord was showing me. That's what I'm trying to say. As I saw that man, I had to overcome, I'll be real, I had to overcome this issue of here is a man who either through the fault of his own or somebody else is in this position and this situation. I had to overcome that. And as I approached him, I had to be mindful of am I going to be safe? I mean, that's a legitimate concern. Right? It's a legitimate concern. But it shouldn't be my number one, should it? My number one should be for that man. I'm just saying what was going on in my head. You might be completely different. But in, in, in that moment, it was, you know, I'm assessing the situation. Has, has he got any weapons? Is he, like, is he okay? Right? But as I, as I came up and then as I started to talk with him, it, it, look, it took a long time. It took about 15 minutes to, to wake him up. I was on the phone with Triple O and everything like that. But, and he got the help that he needed. But as he started to stir and as he sit up, it was just like he just looked into my eyes and boom, there is a person. I'm not regarding him in the flesh. I'm regarding him as a man who is lost as a man who needs Jesus, as a man who needs help, as a man that Jesus would have walked past and he would have stopped. He would have walked past the, the, the wealthy, the rich, and he would have stopped right there and he, would have, and he would have said, yes, stand up, stand up. We don't regard people to their flesh or their behaviour. We have to be mindful of those things 
but we regard people and see them all as sons and daughters of the living God, created in his image. Amen? Surrender gives us new glasses to look at other people through. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Turn to somebody beside you and say, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Understand that. I know some days we don't feel new. But remember, speak and right, Great. Verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us uh, to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, uh, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I know that's a lot of words. Dive into it for yourself, okay? Verse 20, now then... We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, Amber, you training accountant person, what's being reconciled? What does that mean? Fantastic. Now, Amber is in a home base of where that question was asked of her to explain to everybody else. So reconciled means same on both sides. Guess what? One side's Jesus and one side you, me. Be reconciled to God. And you say, well, ah, Pastor Matt, I, I can't live up to that. Yeah, but you can start today if you speak, if you act and pray. You speak it out. You speak it out. Jesus, help me know what it is to be reconciled to you. Jesus, I am reconciled. I want to be reconciled. In faith, I say that I am, but help me get through the beyond the motions of the day. Help me surrender to you so that I may be same on both sides with you. Wow. Wow. That's surrender, isn't it? Be reconciled to God. Soon I want to speak on Hebrews chapter 12 where it says, describes God as a consuming fire. Let me help you understand that as we speak and as we, and as we, that it kindles a fire deep within us of which the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, fan the flame, fan the gift that is within you. It's up to us to fan it. 
Let the Holy Spirit blow on it, but it's like fanning. If you've ever had to start a fire or anything like that and it's, it's the timber's a bit wet or, you know, it's a bit harder to get it going, well, then you've got to breathe on those coals and get them a bit hotter and get them a bit hotter. And the, and the Bible actually commands us in, in uh, Timothy, right, I think, um, uh, fan the flame, fan the flame. In other words, blow on it, blow on it. By, we blow on it by we, we speak. We speak out the word. We, we speak it out because something happens when we speak it out. We act. So we start to tailor uh, our behavior in order to reflect what we're speaking. And we pray inviting the Holy Spirit into partnership with that. And you see, um, our, our God is a consuming fire, meaning that as we allow him to take place, the rightful place in our heart and our life and our mind, in the way that we behave and we act, guess what? Our life becomes to be looking like him. Our life becomes to be, it comes alive in applying a great change and great effect. And we suddenly find ourselves being able to love people that we couldn't love before. We start to find ourselves not carrying the wounds of the past that we used to carry. We start to find ourselves, our mind, free of thoughts that are not helpful. We start to live our life free of the enemy that tries to, tries to pull us back. That's what happens, friends. And guess what? The community starts to get impacted because we can't w- drive past somebody who's passed out in a bus stop anymore because we see them not as in the flesh, but we see them as a son of God or a daughter of God. We get to, we, we get to love those who ridicule us. We get to uh, pray. Pray for those who need prayer. Why? Because we are starting to be Jesus here on the earth. We're starting to be Jesus' bride, and that is what the church is called to be. So if you've got any doubts about whether you're surrendered to God, if you've got any doubts about that, I would encourage you, to speak, act, and pray. Speak the truth of full surrender. Speak it out. Put it up on the back of the toilet door or mirror or car, dashboard of your car. Let it be a reminder, okay? In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says, Ask your heavenly Father what he would work that he would work the miracle in your life. Ask him. Invite him. Speak it out. Jesus, I love you more than I love anyone. You say it aloud. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. That's why the Bible says, he that confesses Jesus as Lord and Saviour and believes in their heart shall be saved. The power of confession. Hello? Equally, the power of confession of destructive things. We're going we're to break that down. We're going to stop that too, right? Say things to the Lord regularly. Say, I express my love to you. Jesus, I worship you. This is why we sing songs out aloud and, and we worship God and we get to experience him in that 
in that thing. That's the number one thing. Say it aloud. Shout it if you have to. Let the neighbours have something to talk about other than the Victorian government or the election or the weather, (laughs) right? That's Norma. She's about to celebrate her 21st birthday again. She's talking to Jesus again, right? Say it aloud. And ask God to kill everything in contrary to what you're saying. God, kill unbelief. Jesus, Jesus, undo the work of the enemy in my life. Jesus, come into this community. Another person stopped at the bus stop last night. It was a young guy. I, I find myself saying that more and more these days. <laughs> anyway, he said, he said these things and he said, um, he said, yeah, I'm, I've been helping more and more. And he wasn't boasting about himself. He goes, yeah, it was about need. He goes, yeah, this, I'm just seeing more and more... Um, you know, people just lost on the street lately and I, I've been picking them up and I've been, like, taking them to places where they need to be, where they're going to be safe. I said, man, that's amazing. I said, well, if you never need food, there's an emergency. We, we run an emergency food. You what? How come I've never heard of that before? I felt like saying, well, I don't know what planet you've been living on, mate. But, you know, no, I didn't say that. But I just said, look, I didn't say any time. It can't be any time. <laughs> Here's Kelly's address. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, but he was like, I, I wonder if, if, if the guy on the bus stop was there just so I could meet this other guy. See, this is what happens when God starts to work, yeah? Connections here, connections there. And we say, God, have your way. Amen. Number two, uh, so for, what is the first one? Thank you, gold stars. Speak, speak it out, speak it out aloud, all right? You know, the, the greatest thing is, you know, before hands-free in the car, you'd see somebody. I remember as a kid, before hands-free in the car, somebody would be talking to themselves in the car and said, you're loco, man, you're crazy. Like, you know, I, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but it's obviously something. Now you can talk to Jesus all you like and no one's going to bat an eyelid, Right? Whether it's in the car, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, right? Uh, Number two, act. Thanks, Kelly. Act the truth of full surrender. The first one was say and the second one is act. Act on some godly inclinations that he gives you, which might stretch your competency or confidence so that you have to throw yourself on his mercy and power to help you more than if you didn't do the act. You see, this is living on the edge, amen? Get out of your comfort zone, amen? And say to him in the doing of it that you are not not trying to negotiate or earn anything. Ask him to give you the power and the love to do it in the name of Jesus. It's as though he's doing it rather than you, amen? Why? So he gets the glory, not us. He gets the glory, 
And you may be surprised that in the actual doing of acts and surrender, with that kind of prayer, the reality of the surrender becomes way more authentic. Third is what? Fantastic. Pray for the gift of assurance of full surrender. You know, sometimes in our doubts, you know, we, we think we have to hide it from the Lord or, you know, God, I just, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's not that I don't believe that you're real, but, you know, are you really working? I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it or I'm just not seeing the results or I've received all these prophetic words and I haven't been fulfilled. And, you know, I just, you know, it, you can actually say that to him and say, just give me something. I ask for that assurance that you're at work in this situation. I just ask you for that. And you can pray to him, use me, Lord, in that way. This is the ultimate bottom line. Because you know why? When we pray, we enter into that lifelong communion with him, that communication with him. We enter into that partnership that we're not just acting. We're not just saying. We're actually in communication with him. Speak the truth of full surrender. Act the truth of full surrender. Pray for the gift of assurance of full surrender. Can we do it together? Let's stand up and pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And Lord, just for this moment, just for this prayerful moment, help us to step one and two. But right now we dive into three. And I ask, Lord, that you would help everybody here everybody who's watching online and everybody who's listening to this at a later date. Help them step into that place of the assurance of surrender. And Lord, even if it starts at 1% surrendered, Lord, I ask that you would double it to two. And double that to four. Double that to eight. And Lord, when it's at 50% surrendered, Lord, I just ask that you would take things to a new level. That we would not just have the assurance of full surrender, but we would have the evidence also. That we get to partner with you get to serve you. We get to serve one another, love one another, and love the community, Lord. Forgive us, Jesus, for where we've allowed, allowed familiarity, unbelief, 
Forgive us, Lord, for when we've seen people only at face value rather than who you have created them to be. Help us, Jesus, step into this place of partnering with you, walking with you, and being effective through you. You might want to just say these words, Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender all that I am and have. And now, Holy Spirit, I invite you to teach me what that is. Help your word take root in my life. That I might give all glory to you, Jesus. Today, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Make it happen. Thanks, Anna. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.